0: Hello and welcome to The Pulse. In part two of tonight's show, the Gay Pride Parade in Hong Kong last Saturday was the best attended ever. For the first time, a government-appointed official was also there. But that doesn't mean that the struggle for acceptance and equal rights is even close to being over. First, though, the one thing that many Hong Kong politicians and government figures from all sides of the spectrum seem to agree on is that the Philippines should be made to apologise and pay for its mishandling of the hostage crisis in 2010 that resulted in the deaths and injuries of Hong Kong tourists. This, despite the fact that last weekend, Typhoon Haiyan is now estimated to have killed at least 4,500 people and the country is continuing to face a crisis of immense proportions.
1: Super Typhoon Haiyan, known as Typhoon Yolanda in the Philippines, first hit last Thursday, causing damage nationwide, but particularly devastating Samar Island and Tacloban City on Leyte Island. It was the strongest typhoon this year, with its highest wind speed recorded as around 230 kilometers an hour. Television producer Leslie Ng there to film an RTHK and Hong Kong Observatory documentary on storms, experience the strength of the typhoon
2: first hand. Side (音)
1: Millions have been affected by the widespread destruction. Where there were buildings, there is now rubble. Many are homeless. Infrastructure and communications are damaged. Water, medicine and shelter are in short supply.
3: Uh, They are very um, desperate, I mean they are very desperate to get goods or relief because um, um, uh, goods are not really enough for everybody at the moment, Uh, not because we don't have enough uh, relief but because again of the shipment. challenges in bringing them to the ground. Well, the situation on the ground right now is that many of the people are moving away uh, from the um, uh, city of Uh, Tacloban. The the city of Tacloban is one of the um, cities that we believe that uh, was hardest hit Um, since um, there is uh, economic activity, uh, limited water to drink, limited food. And the situation there is very difficult.
1: Many Filipinos in Hong Kong remain worried about their relatives at home. For some, it's been impossible to get through on the phone.
2: My family, my mother's uh, hometown is in Leyte, and it's in Tacloban. So um, we have a lot of a lot of um, families who are there and. Um, some of them we don't know the whereabouts because there isn't any communication and we don't know when the communications are going to resume. So we're doing what we can through the social media.
3: I have a sister-in-law that the house and his mother died because the Typhoon takloban uh, a uh, Yolanda, Typhoon victims. And then so I have to meet my my sister-in-law to give something because my employer gives something to her. This is flashlight, plus flashlight, plus and then mask.
2: Today I send money to my town to give a blessing to them to buy something for the food because I know some of the barangay areas, they have no relief goods coming from the government Uh, our organization is uh, running a uh, relief and rehabilitation uh, uh, campaign here in Hong Kong and so far uh, there are several groups uh, who have expressed support to this uh, initiative we have also uh, 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 opened our uh, centers for uh, um, you know providing uh, some sort of counseling to uh, those migrant workers who have you know, lost their family members or uh, those who are still looking for their family membership.
1: Around the world, governments and charities have pledged support. The United States quickly offered 20 million US dollars in humanitarian aid, 90 marines an aircraft carrier, and logistics support. Japan has pledged 10 million, including tents and blankets, plus the support of up to a 1,000 soldiers and a 25-person medical team. China offered a much criticized 100,000 US dollars on Monday, with a matching one from the Chinese Red Cross. In the wake of that criticism, it later agreed to provide an additional 12.6 million Hong Kong dollars for relief efforts in the form of blankets, tents and other materials. The Hong Kong government hasn't said how much it will donate, But has proposed a supplementary provision of 40 million Hong Kong dollars to the Disaster Relief Fund to enable relief organizations to provide support. Meanwhile, the government insists it has no intention of delaying economic sanctions against the Philippines arising from the 2010 Manila hostage tragedy.
3: With us in the studio is Chan
0: Mei-ling, the International Program Director of Oxfam Hong Kong. Can I ask you, Um, because Oxfam Hong Kong is the only Oxfam that's working with a government who is is intending to impose sanctions on the Philippines whereas the rest of the world is intending to propose aid to the Philippines. Is this causing a problem for you?
3: Um, I want to emphasize the generosity of the government and also uh, a lot of Hong Kong people including a lot of Philippine friends, Filipino friends in Hong Kong Um, They actually have been very generous in donating a lot of uh, resources and money to to us and other charities. On the other issue, I think it is a a separate issue, the Hong Kong government and as well as the whole society uh, are trying to work out a solution. So I I want to look at the upside, which is really facing a lot of um, uh, Filipino uh, society and friends. If we don't help, there will be more uh, hurt on them.
0: And, and there will, of course, be official aid coming from the government despite the work that you're doing.
3: Yes. we... How is we, that going? We are we planning to, um, to, to, to propose, at the moment, our plan is uh, 3 million Hong Kong dollars. But what is the, the, the issue is that uh, OSFAM Hong Kong and the other OSFAMs all over the world. A very uh, professional in, in water purification system, which is big, medium size, we put into our community, mm. and it is not one to one. The kind of like footbag, uh, so it is a maybe an issue for the government to, to uh, because
0: the government wants only one to one, one aid.
3: donating a very personal uh, footstuff mm. uh, or other materials on a personal basis. It is a bit difficult for us, but I hope the government will consider a little bit more on this issue.
0: Okay, so what is it that you're doing on the ground at the moment?
3: Yes, what we are doing, if you look, uh, at the uh, information in the media uh, from East Samar which is um, uh, at the north uh, eastern part of uh, Cebu and then down to Cebu and then also now you can actually discover more and more places also have devastating uh, situation so in Samar we uh, we have uh, uh, people on the ground also uh, giving out hygiene pack and, and we want to actually cover 250,000 people in a few days, in a few weeks. And also in Sable, uh, the northern tips of Sable, uh, you can also see a lot of uh, devastating scenes. We also want to actually look at like cover uh, um, like 20,000 uh, families, also hygiene pack, and also installation of the pur- uh, purification system for water, clean water.
0: Now, I mean, this is a, an enormous disaster, but unfortunately it's Hong Kong, uh, sorry, it's Oxfam's business to be involved in enormous disasters. I mean, how does this compare with others that you've had experience of?
3: A, a lot of people now comparing uh, tsunami in 2004. It is actually good to remember this big disaster that hit us uh, almost like 10 years ago. And at that time, we see actually uh, around, I think more than 200,000 people died you you can see from Sumatra in Indonesia and also people in Thailand, Sri Lanka and India are affected. I mean, uh, uh, we will say that it is actually less serious this time. It is serious in terms of uh, uh, I think economic uh, uh, loss and also people's lives I think this is increasing still we are still finding bodies around so we don't uh, underestimate the current uh, disaster in, in the Philippines.
0: Now I know that in the past um, charities who operate in the Philippines have been critical of the Philippine government its ability to coordinate with them is this proving to be the case now?
3: I think in this particular uh, disaster uh, there are a lot of complaints I think we listen we see that but in a way that you see that the scale is very very big and it is the strongest tropical cyclone to make land for in history And I think that there are a lot of gaps in the system. But I think it is too early to point fingers. We have to review the whole situation and how to improve. And we always want to assist the government and local NGOs to improve the system.
0: Well, thank you very much indeed. And we'll be back after the break. Welcome back. It's over 20 years since in August 1992, Hong Kong first celebrated a gay pride week. Part of the celebrations involved a planned march from the Central Ferry Pier to Lan Kwai Fong. The march was cancelled partly because too few people were willing to take the risk of expressing their sexual orientation in public. Things have changed. A new series of gay pride marches began in 2008. A third was planned for 2010 but cancelled. This year's was the best ever attended.
1: Last Saturday, an estimated 5,000 or so people took part in the fifth Hong Kong Pride Parade, gathering in Victoria Park and marching to Tamar Park near the central government offices. The dress code for this year's event was hot red, and over 40 groups and companies, including JP Morgan, Citibank, Barclays, Goldman Sachs, and Nomura, dressed up to take part. For the first time, they were joined by the chairman of the Equal Opportunities Commission, York Chow. The organizers say they'd also sent invitations to chief executive Lan Zhanying and government bureau chiefs, many of whom had replied they were too busy to come. Despite that, organisers say the number of participants was a record high.
2: In my mind, Hong Kong was an open country, it was an international city. When I came here, I was completely discriminated, mistreated.
1: Shutter is a pharmacist, Born in South America, she moved to Taiwan to study for her master's degree at Taipei Medical School. But to receive her scholarship to pursue her degree, she has to change the identity in her passport from male to female. In September, she decided to come to her national embassy in Hong Kong to apply for a new passport.
2: When I, I, I went to the customers and I... I told them that I come here to Hong Kong because I want to issue a new passport and actually the embassy of my country, they knew about me. These officers at the beginning, they started laughing of me. They started laughing that, like, oh look, this is a man dressed as a woman and look, you know, they were actually looking at me, they were laughing and I was like, what the hell, why they are laughing at me. Then they took me to a small room, two guys, two police, two officers and they started to forcing me to be naked and they start touching my body, they start touching my boobs. And I was telling, why are you doing this? Why there is not a woman or a doctor or someone, someone that might be in here just to make sure that things are are done in a proper way. Because you are just two men, two guys, I don't know what the hell are you talking about me? And you are just touching my body as, as, as the way you want.
1: The Immigration Department tells The Pulse that Shasa arrived in Hong Kong on the 16th of September and was unable to provide any supporting documents or contacts regarding the purpose of her trip. The department also said it had tried to contact her country's consulate but couldn't reach anyone until later in the afternoon. Finally, Shasa was able to enter the SAR. It took her until 7.35pm to get out of the airport. The department says that its officers did not subject her to a body search during the detention period. The customs and excise department says in a written reply that Shasa was transferred to its officers by the immigration department for custom clearance. It acknowledges that its officers did conduct a body search, but Shasa remained clothed and expressed no objections to the search. It continues that Shass's passport identity is that of a male, and under the department's standing instructions, a person may be searched only by a customs officer of the same gender. Customs officers deny touching any sensitive parts of his body.
2: I really don't care how beautiful is the city, uh, the skyscrapers or uh, the Victoria Harbor, whatever. Kong only right now, for me, has negative things. As I told you, my life was destroyed here.
1: The United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees in Hong Kong is helping Shasa find a third country to go to. She has, she says, lost her nationality and can return neither to her native country nor to Taiwan.
2: 香港人對於變性人、跨性別人士的認識很少當時何韻詩真是啞口無言理解不了為何可以清楚地界定一個變性人的性別
1: Ray Chan's motion was vetoed.
2: You talk about the, uh, the speech yesterday by various legislators. I think most of them have not uh, done much homework you know, before actually they speak up. And many of them actually do not understand what transgender is, is, is all about. I'm talking about the rights the rights of being loved and able to love, uh, the rights of enjoying um, somebody's company um, eternally. This is something that is done by, enjoy by heterosexuals. Uh, I don't know what, whether marriages should be actually discussed, but at least the right to, to have that sort of uh, commitment uh, need to be respected i
3: 好,我記得吳明哥覺得最適合 oh, <笑> stop me now I'm having
2: such a good time I'm having a ball, me now If you wanna have a good time